And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. I have an important guest in the studio. It's Friday afternoon. It's after the 4.30 news headlines, and that means we're going to talk money with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Mate, how are we? We good? We're very, very good. It's a Friday afternoon. We love Friday afternoons. Fridays are our favourite day of the week. Love it. Love it. Okay, let's get down to tin tax here today because you've posed a very interesting question, Luke. It says, yep. should I buy another investment property? What a terrible problem to have. Yeah, look at yeah. I mean, wait, wait a minute. Well, and that's, and that's really what I wanted to pose today because I've, this, is, this is a question I've had a lot recently. Should I buy another investment property or should I put my money into super? Yeah. Okay, um, I was really, being a little bit facetious there, nah. but but obviously you yeah you you yeah. find yourself in a situation when you have some additional funds available, then the yep. question becomes, what's the best way to invest those funds? Yep. Where do you get the best return? Yep. What's going to be best for my long term future? Yeah, that's exactly right. And and as I say, this is the one that gets thrown up. And I think all we're trying to illustrate today is it's not so much is one better than the other. It's just the things to consider because like anything in life, and I, and I say this regularly. Why? Tell me why, and then we can work it backwards from there. So, you know, from a property perspective, you've got a rental arrangement which has some security. You've got legislation around, you know, how things can be rented and the rules and, and what needs to be done. Um, you can generate taxable income, which is, is, is obviously the aim when you're talking about building assets for retirement. It could yeah. be part out of super. It can be from a portfolio of properties. It could be from a range of different vehicles. And generating rental income from an asset where generally speaking you're buying something for the medium to longer term you want to see the value of that asset go up so you get capital growth and you'd like to then see the rental income continue to increase over time as well so they're some of the key reasons that you look you know into the 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 property area it's a good way of using the equity in other assets to then be able to gear and borrow and, and and keep things moving you have the ability to borrow money, you know, very cheaply at the moment. So, you know, it's very difficult to negatively gear something in a very low interest rate. So being neutrally geared is great because where rent covers interest, you can just leave that asset to sit on the shelf and then look at other opportunities. Um, and as we're going to touch on in a little bit, you can actually do both. Yeah. You can you can buy a property, you can borrow an amount of money, you can have the rent cover the interest, so it's neutrally geared, and then you can use other cash flow to make super contributions. And that's the important thing that people need to keep in mind. I have people come in all the time and say, you know, property or super. And if you make a comment about super, they say, oh, you're anti-property. No, not at all. I'm pro-property, I'm pro-super, I'm pro-anything that makes money, right? Um, but just understand why you're buying something yeah. and take into account and consider the positives and negatives because there's everything positive and there's everything negative with anything you do. It's just about doing it in a manner that's right for your situation and your broader objective. So in some respects, this boils down to the age-old debate of whether mm. it's better to invest in property or to invest in shares because yeah. your superannuation is mostly tied up in shares but not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I suppose that does ask, you know, pose another question. Yeah. If you do have additional funds available, are you better off to invest in property or in super or directly in shares yourself outside of your super. Mm. And look, I think, again, that's, there's, there's our structural consideration. I can buy a property in a trust. I can buy a property in my own name, joint names. I can leverage the equity that I have in my home. I can borrow some money. You start borrowing inside super, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Mm. So from a funding mechanism, 
it's it's easier to to go down the property road. From a liquidity perspective, you could argue that properties are not as liquid as shares because it's very difficult to sell the backyard of a house yes. if you need some money to go to Tahiti. Um, whereas you can sell individual shares and have potentially greater liquidity. So depending on which way you want to argue that, you could say it's good or bad. Um, you could maybe have a good tenant or a bad tenant. Yes. Depends on which side of the fence you're on there. Yes. You can have a share that pays a dividend. You can share that doesn't have a dividend. Yeah. You could have something like COVID that impacts the income from shares. So, again, it's nothing is risk-free. This this perception that property is risk-free is one of the greatest furfies going around. Because <laughs> no, 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 no. Property it, is not risk-free. It, it, it always has a risk. And this, this old adage of, oh, it'll double every 10 years, well, I'm calling shenanigans on that as well mm-hmm. um, because you see – the value of assets change because of different economic environments. And a great example now, money's cheap. Yes. People are borrowing more. It's pushing prices up. You've also got people that occupationally couldn't move um, because they had to go to a location to do their job. Well, yeah. now with COVID, you've been able to work remotely. So you don't need to live in Geelong. You can move to the Gold Coast and still be the bookkeeper for Geelong Steel. Mm-hmm. You know, So you've got a huge influx of people buying properties who couldn't move before. So there's a range of really weird factors that are out there on all fronts at the moment, and it's affecting most areas of investment. Okay, can I throw in another permutation here? What if you have a self-managed super fund? Mm -hmm. Can you buy your investment property through your self-managed super fund? Yeah, the answer is yes, you can. And one of the big advantages of a self-managed super fund is you are the trustee of the fund, and the legislation allows you to acquire commercial property. It also allows you to acquire residential property. Now, there are some caveats that people really need to keep in mind there in relation to who you acquire the property from, because there are some very, very strict rules around acquisition. And the term is is referred to as an in-house asset. So as long as you buy a property from a third party unrelated on the residential front and you do not use it, great. If you're going to buy a place down the coast and let your kids use it on the weekend, get your bulletproof vest on because the ATL will come running. Um, There are some exemptions around acquiring commercial property from related parties where there are certain exemptions in the legislation that allow you to do that. So that's a very big one for the self-employed who say, I run a steel factory and I want to own the factory that we work out of. A lot of people put commercial buildings in their super fund, which you Mm -hmm. can do. A self-managed super fund is the only super fund that will allow you to acquire an asset like that. Because as the trustee of that fund, you are the person that's responsible for the investment of those monies. When you go to a retail super fund or an industry super fund, they have what they call an approved product list. And that gives you an indication of what's approved and what you can buy. And buying physical property like that is is, is not available. So an SMSF is a very good way of doing that. Now, if we're going to borrow down that road and say, well, property is what I want to investigate and I want to use my super money to do so. Yes, you can do that. Keep in mind, though, that lending on self-managed super funds starts at between 5 and 6%. Mm. So it's not cupcakes and rainbows like you expect in your own name. Things come at a penalty, and there's also a number of potential other structures that need to be created to hold the assets where you go down certain forms of borrowing. So like anything in life, can I do it? Yeah. Yes. But would I do it? Mm, depends on my situation, my broader objectives my time frame, my cash flow and all of those things that you consider. So it's it's important to, again, start with why and work your way backwards because the only bad decision you can make is is an uninformed one. 
Okay. So getting back to our original question, should yep. I buy an investment property or put my extra money into my super? Hmm. What are some basic pros and cons for each option that we need to keep in mind? Yeah. So if we're going to buy an investment property, think about the structure you're going to use. Make sure you can get it negatively or neutrally geared so that it can look after itself in a rising interest rate environment. If you're going to structure it correctly, think about how you can borrow the money. Is it a fixed loan, variable loan? Do I have an offset account? And where do I save my surplus income? Can I pay the place down? Do I just want to leave it and hope that it goes up in value? So they're all positives in relation to the the property side of things because it's an easy way for people to buy something that they may not understand any other form of investment. Um, On the super side, you can put your money into superannuation. You can get a tax deduction for doing so. You can have generally a little bit more liquidity because as I said earlier, you can shape the portfolio and control the portfolio um, with greater diversity because you may be able to have a range of different investments that you could buy or sell on an individual basis. With a property, as I said earlier, it's very difficult to sell the kitchen um, to pay for a holiday. So it's either all in or all out in most situations. So yeah. that'd be a, something to consider for the, the property side of things. In relation to superannuation, you've got a tax-effective environment for your earnings, whereas most people buy properties in their own name or in joint names or through a family trust, which could have an increased amount of tax payable because it's added to your marginal tax rate. Super's taxed at 15% or less, so that's a positive for superannuation. Um, The downside for superannuation is obviously access, depending on how old you are. If you're 15, 20 years from getting the money out, you might want to say, well, I want to do things outside of super. So properties and and buying outside of super, as you said, could be a way of doing it. So it's always important to understand the timeframes with which you're going to do something and the liquidity and your ability to manage your cash flow. Um, Depreciation and and, and tax deductible expenses in relation to interest, that's a big positive for properties because where you generate taxable income, generally the interest costs and associated bills are deductible. You've got depreciation. So there's a positive on the property side. The, the, The most important thing people, whether it's super or property, look at the yield. And don't just look at, I bought the place for $500,000 and I rent it for five hundred a week. Yeah. Look at the outgoings. Look at the body corporate. Look at the rates. Look at the land tax. Look at all of those things because I find the biggest mistake people make is they'll make a comment about, oh, I get this much from my rental property. But when mm-hmm. you look at their tax return, it's far less than that because right. all of the associated outgoings. Yes, of course. So always remember net numbers, not gross. And now here's another tricky curly one for you. When you're buying an investment property, as an example, let's say I've got $100,000 lying around mm-hmm. and I'm going to use that as a deposit. I'll uh, get a mortgage and I'll buy a half a million dollar property, little mm-hmm. apartment somewhere yep. to be rented out as an investment property. Yep. Now, that's gearing. Correct. So I've put in my $100,000. 12 months later, if that property is now worth $600,000, and in this market, who knows, maybe it would be. Next week. (laughs) I've doubled my money in 12 months. Now, if I'm putting that same $100,000 into my super, am I going to double my money in 12 months? Well, if you leverage it in the same way, you you probably could. So that's my question. Can you, in fact, borrow against that $100,000 to increase the amount of money you're putting into your super? You You can borrow and put money into superannuation. Yeah. The, the broader consideration there was, well, is it or is it not tax deductible? But there's nothing stopping you from borrowing the money. The downside of that scenario is then, as we said earlier, the access. Mm-hmm. If you've put that money in, you've borrowed a couple of hundred, you've thrown it into super and you've bought a portfolio that, you know, looking at annual returns at the moment coming off the base that we've seen from COVID, portfolios are doing 20 plus percent, 15 plus is, is, is pretty normal 
because of the starting point of where we were from last year's dip. Um, so it's always about saying, well, could I do that? Yes. Could I put more money into super and then buy a portfolio and see that increase in value? Yes, you could. So you've got the same amount of initial deposit and the same amount of borrowed money. The downside of the superannuation argument is it may be a longer investment period because you may or may not be able to get the money out to be able to repay the loan. So if you were going to do that, you'd want to have sufficient cash flow outside of super to be able to pay down the money that you've borrowed so that you could realise a greater proportion of that portfolio closer to retirement. But anything like that, you want to be looking and saying, okay, what's my time frame? What's my risk profile? Because as I said at the start, it's not that one's better than the other. They mm. just come with different considerations, yeah. like driving two different cars. So if we're choosing between an investment property or putting more money in super, does it make a difference how old we are, what stage of life we're in? If we're closer to retirement, yeah. might it be more attractive to put the money straight into the super? Yeah, look, exactly. And I had this conversation with someone today. Um, for me, there's very little need. Now, the, the property advocates out there will disagree with this. There's very little need as you get older to be borrowing to buy investment properties, hoping that they're going to go up. And I preface that by saying, if you're planning on retiring in two years and the tax benefits associated with that type of investment are going to diminish, then you'd really want to have some clarity around why you're buying it. Because if you're going to carry a debt, and we said earlier, it's neutrally geared, so the rent covers the interest. For me, that's not an asset in retirement because you're not getting positive income that you can then live off. Mm. So if you're younger and you say, well, yes, I'd like to you know, swing for the fence and have some, some properties and pay them down over time great if you're very close to retirement or in retirement you'd question not that it's a bad investment but why you're doing it because generally things are uh, a longer hold in relation to property and if the tax benefits associated with the the deductions available have been diminished because all of the money coming out of your super fund is tax-free you're sort of taking away one of the key points of leverage in relation to a property Younger people, reluctant to put huge amounts of money into super, and I totally understand that because you don't have the same access as you do if you were 55 or 60. So that may not be as attractive. And I say to younger people, just do a little bit. Just get the ball rolling, and over time, the benefits of compounding will will be your friend, and you don't have to go throw 25 in if you don't have the money. Just do a little bit so that over time, when you do jump forward and your life flashes before your eyes and 20 years down the road, you go, oh, geez, I'm glad I put five grand a year in because mm. over the last 20 years, that's given me X. Yes. Too often I have people come in at 55 and go, so um, I'm going to retire at 60. What's this super thing and should I be doing something? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's about looking at your situation, starting with why, working it backwards and being comfortable with the rate of or the, the, the proportion of risk you're going to take, your ongoing cash flow, and then obviously the time frame that you're yeah. dealing with so that you can control it going forwards. It's classic, isn't it? The younger you are, the less you worry about planning ahead because there'll be plenty of time for that later. Mm. And then all of a sudden there's no time left and you haven't planned ahead. And it <laughs> happens in my office 15 times a week. <laughs> I'm with Luke Smith from Envision Financial and today we're talking about the uh, time-honoured question. Should I buy an investment property or put my extra money into super? And it turns out after much discussion, I mm. think the answer is, well, it depends. Spot Yeah, look, and I think that's all we wanted to try and throw up to people today. It's not a case that one's better than the other because your pro super will say it's great, your pro property will say it's great, and in a lot of instances you've got a very valid argument. I think it's more about just understanding the risks of doing so, the best way to do it, and, you know, if I had to break down some bullets 
Oh, well, Same. you know you know what I'm about to ask you, don't you? I'm about to say, Luke, what are the key things to consider? Yeah, well, if I was going to make a list, I'd say why, start with why. Then I'd say look at the yield because you want to understand the income that's coming from a property yeah. and you want to understand the income that's coming from a share. You want to think about the structure. What sort of super fund do I use? Am I using a self-managed super fund, as we said before the break? Am I using a personal super fund? Am I using an industry super fund? Will that fund let me buy the shares that I want? The answer is not always yes. Am I buying a property in joint names? If I'm buying property in my own name, have a think about this. If you've got a couple and one's earning more than the other, don't just think about the deductions during the journey for the higher income earner. Think about the tax that could be paid at the time of sale because I find having 50-50 distribution of CGT or capital gains tax mm -hmm. can be advantageous when you have 90% of the property in one person's name and 10 in the other and they cop all of the tax. So again, think about what you're doing with the end in mind, not just the journey along the way. Think about your access to capital. If I put it in super, is it locked away? If I do it in a trust or if I buy an investment property in my own name, I may have a little bit more liquidity. Think about your access to funding. Can I gear it? As we said earlier, that could be advantageous to free up cash flow. Can I do both? Buy a neutrally geared property and then put surplus income into super to get a tax deduction. It's not a case of one or the other. It could be both. And by controlling your cash flow and understanding where your money's going, you could actually maximise your opportunities to have greater diversification, which is generally a good thing. What are the associated costs of buying something? You've got stamp duty, you've got rates. Understand what your running costs are in relation to the property. Don't just look at the gross income because you'll be very disappointed when you get your tax return at the end of the year because there are agent fees, there are legals, there are body mm -hmm. corporates, there are rates, there is land tax, mm -hmm. depending on where you acquire the Repairs property. Repairs and maintenance. Exactly. You know, that's that's a that's a, a, a consideration on a risk side. You yeah. know, have I got some crazy tenants? You know, have I got a crazy CEO of a, of a share? It depends what you buy. So make sure that you're fairly thorough around what to do. Consider your time frame. Consider a change in your position. If you're going to gear something have the ability to cover at least half of your interest cost with spare money. It'll give you a little bit of a buffer. Get some help in relation to the structure of the loan. Do I fix some? Do I have variable? Is it interest only? Is it P&I? That's where a good mortgage broker will be able to give you some clarity around what you can afford. And again, have some backups to the backup. Um, use an offset. Save up into the interest rate. Oh, sorry. Save into the offset account. Those additional savings could then be used to make a super contribution. So, yeah. again, it's not all or nothing. It's not one or the other. It's really a case of spreading it around and being consistent. So, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so, you know, if you're pondering the, the, the decision, 62604749. I think we've got some spots in, um, in August available, as dumb as that sounds. Um, envisionfinancial.com.au, we've got the Knowledge Centre there where you can look at our library of technical information. We've got the podcast the Strategy Stack of Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got all of the shows and all of this sort of material you can watch on your iPhone. Fantastic. We'll catch you again next week. See you next Friday.